Taylor from the state of Florida, where our 45th president temporarily resides until his triumphant return to that big house in Pennsylvania Avenue in 2024. Once again, it's time for the Flagler Trump Club's Future of Flagler podcast. Here are the patriots who will keep Flagler County red while making America great again. Your host, Trump Club President Mike McElroy, along with Trump Club Vice President and Palm Coast City Councilman Ed Danko. Hello, fellow Trumpers, and uh, once again, welcome back to the Future of Flagler podcast, sponsored by the Flagler Trump Republican Assembly. Uh, that's new, and we're proud of that. Uh, my normal co-host, Ed, is not here today, uh, which means two things. Uh, one, I get to talk, and two, uh, you don't get to hear Ed, uh, but He's with us in spirit, even though he's out of town. And a um, couple of things. Uh, as usual, we remind you that we meet, uh, our club meets at the VFW on Old Kings Road every Monday, uh, third Monday of the month, which means uh, the one coming up this Monday will be a meeting. And we will be showing uh, the movie 2,000 Mules. So you'll be able to see uh, with your own eyes how some of the... Uh, voter fraud that they claim didn't exist existed the um the other thing i wanted to cover is it's all it's all over the news that in an unprecedented raid the fbi went to mar-a-lago uh and uh executed a search warrant ostensibly for documents that the president has had for over two years uh some of those documents had been returned to the National Archives. Others had been secured in a locked position with their encouragement. And uh, they were negotiating over those documents when the FBI uh, executed its raid, which again is unprecedented in any... uh... So Nancy Pelosi said that it just shows that no one is above the law, uh, but we know there are some people that are above the law because we don't see any raids uh, on the Clintons. We don't see any raids on uh, the Biden, uh, under Biden. We don't see uh, the Justice Department under Merrick Garland uh, doing anything but investigating conservatives, uh, branding parents terrorists, branding patriotic organizations terrorists. So it's a deeply concerning time here in America. We need to wake up. The primaries and early voting start this Saturday. If you want conservatives, you have to go out and get them in because they will be the ones either winning outright or facing election in November. So please don't forget the primaries. Please get out and vote. I know a lot of people have been doing it by mail, uh, but you have the opportunity to do it by mail or you have the opportunity to go in person starting Saturday at early voting and then, of course, on August 23rd which would be the regular polling day. Um, So, Ed's not here, but he does love, as you all know, to be in the newspaper, and he's had a dry run on that lately. Uh, He hasn't been in it. But, lo and behold, Ed, if you're out there watching, although I know you're, you're attending some sort of seminar, you did make the newspaper, a very handsome picture of you. I noticed you were wearing your Trump button. And how did Ed make the news? 
Danko seek spending cuts, not tax hikes. And, and the quote in the box is, as we move through this budget process, in my judgment, it's a special kind of stupid to vote for a tax increase during a recession and inflation. So Ed says a lot of our residents are being financially hurt right now. Rising prices, rising gas prices, food prices, and everything. Our city government is feeling some pain too. But what Ed is asked the city administration to do is look for cuts. And he's not telling them where. Uh, his analogy is, you know, I don't tell the military how many bullets they need. He just wants the city to make the cuts so that the city can go to the rollback tax rate. And what does the rollback tax rate on millage mean? It means that in reality, uh, that's the only way you don't get a tax increase. Because as you all know, property values have been uh, going up, I, I don't want to say, skyrocketing really is the way to describe it. And as your property values go up, your tax assessment goes up. So that means you're going to pay more taxes. And the only way that you can avoid that is if the various taxing authorities like the county and the city adopt a millage rate that's rolled back to prevent them from uh, getting extra revenues from the taxes. So uh, Ed is fighting for that. Of course, he's one vote um, out of five. So we'll see how that goes. Stay tuned. But he's made it very clear that he is going to fight very hard for that. And hopefully other city council members will go on board. Uh, so I've mentioned that we have the primaries uh, starting, early voting starting Saturday. And of course, if you've been following this podcast, you know that we have been interviewing some candidates that are running for office. And today I have with me Will Ferry. Will is running for school board uh, in, uh, I guess, uh, probably a, a crowded race in your uh, district. So we're going to find out a little bit about Will. We're going to find a little bit about uh, what he stands for. So, Will, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mike. All right, good. Okay, so why are you running for school board, Will? Well, you know, to, to start out, um, the, the pandemic really opened my eyes to focusing more on local elections. Um, and school board was front and center because I have kids in the school district. And we saw lawlessness across the country when it came to school boards, and even right here in our state here as well. And uh, so then I started looking into our um, uh, school board and I was not happy with some of the decisions that were being made. Um, and the election was coming up here and I saw there was a candidate with an ideology that, that I don't align with and another candidate that didn't seem to be uh, campaigning really hard. So um, I started doing some you know, self-assessment here and uh, made the decision that I felt that my, my um, experience and uh, my background in, in um, executive background uh, would help to, um, with policy making on the board. Okay, well, we've seen uh, that uh, some of the issues regarding school board candidates, not only here, but statewide, not just in Flagler County, uh, some of the issues that crop up when we talk about this are uh, that immediately come to mind are parental rights and the other one uh, is uh, critical race theory in the curriculum or or 
snuck in in other ways, like Mad Texas and so forth. Mm -hmm. So uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, the, the parental rights one really got me fired up because, um, you know, it, it was it was the name was changed to the Don't Say Gay Bill to push uh, a, a an agenda for uh, something that it really was not about. Right. Um, it was about, hey, let's not talk about sexuality with kids from kindergarten to third grade, right? We shouldn't even be having a debate about that. That just, should just be common sense, right? Um, and I believe that that's an, a, a reach uh, that the government is trying to get too far in between the relationship of a parent and a child. I believe things like sexuality, morals and values, those are between a parent and their child and they come from the home, not from the school. So you're not a believer in, as some people uh, are, and particularly people who identify as progressive, that you should just, as a parent, keep quiet and let the schools uh, really transfer values uh, to the children uh, by, by teaching example. You mentioned the, the so-called don't say gay bill, which as you rightly point out is not that at all. It's a bill preventing discussion of sexuality uh, in, in the lower grades and actually uh, I would disagree. I think they should have extended it further, not just up to fourth grade. But uh, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, <clears throat> there are those who believe uh, that you know teachers and educators know best, and that parents uh, you know should take a back seat. To yeah. Well, you know, I, I do believe that most teachers uh, don't want, want to have that conversation with, have no desire to have that conversation with children. But there are some people out there that are focused on. Uh, indoctrination and um, that's one way uh, and then you know you talked about CRT um, and then that that's another way um, you know the way I see CRT is that it's basically just from a Marxist ideology that teaches kids to hate each other and their country and has no business in our in our schools yeah and and we've had uh, <clears throat> on this broadcast uh, Jill Wilbright who our club has endorsed for school board who has discussed how it's not necessarily in, say, where you would expect it, the social studies curriculum or uh, <clears throat> where they sneak it in is places like math and English. And, and, and how they do it is either through critical reading uh, in English or math problems posed in, in a progressive way uh, in, in math. So there was a lot of publicity about the state of Florida rejecting math textbooks uh, and people maybe some people were scratching their heads but that's really what it's all about yeah and that that's usually the uh the liberal talking point on it there is no curriculum in our schools uh crt right but it is it's uh, inspired by that and it's the the you know the parents uh the curriculum transparency bill what that did was uh give accountability um and the parents' rights bill accountability that if teachers decide to go rogue and break the law, now now they could be civilly liable, right? Before, if you, uh, a teacher that wanted to do that could do that with, with really no consequence, right? Um, so I think that was an, uh, a great uh, some great legislation that uh, Governor Ron DeSantis and our legislature passed down to protect our kids. Good. Uh, a little bit about your your personal background. Uh, yeah. You've mentioned you obviously have family, kids in school. That's right. Tell I, us about your business background. Sure, sure. So uh, I'm a devoted father and husband. Um, invested in the school with uh, two children. One goes to Old Kings Elementary. Another one just started at uh, Indian Trails Middle School. 
Um, so I'll be invested for another eight years in, in, the, in the district here. I've uh, been married to my wife for 17 years, really grateful for her and her support throughout this whole campaign. Um, and I, you know, I'm a business leader. I, I have a extensive, uh, over two decades of business experience. As former executive vice president at Sure Credit USA Home Loans with offices throughout South Florida and uh, Arizona. And um, I also uh, was an entrepreneur, actually, in, in the 2008 um, crash, uh, lending was not really happening anymore. So I had to kind of reinvent myself at that point and uh, became an entrepreneur and started a, uh, a tech company that um, rivaled the uh, famed Groupon, the group buying uh, uh, website. And uh, we were their first competitor. So I was actually featured on the front page of the Miami Herald business section for my innovations there and successes. Uh, so I was very proud of that. Um, and I've also helped my wife uh, start some, some successful business. And right now, uh, I am a, a realtor and a real estate investor. And you know, realtors are some of the biggest advocates for great schools because great schools make great neighborhoods. Right. Well, people when they're when they're looking to locate, often if they have a family, uh, first thing they want to know is how are the schools, you know, and how close are they to where I'm living and so forth. Yeah. And I've been investing in, in kids in, in our community for many years. Um, you know, my wife my wife actually uh, has served on the PTO board at Old Kings, and um, I've been a supporter of that. Uh, also, uh, we help a, a lot of teachers with unfunded needs in the in the classroom. Um, I also serve um, in the, uh, the community with nonprofits like Habitat for Humanity and others uh, regularly. I also lead a local missions team that uh, goes out into the community monthly and serves different needs that are out there. Right now we've been helping a lot of people out in Bunnell. And um, when it comes to every Sunday, um, I serve in the student ministry at Epic Church mentoring the middle school kids there. So. You have a lot of involvement. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're aware of uh, what's happening. Um, we're getting very close, so I'm going to uh, get ready now to take a break okay. while we hear from a couple of our sponsors that we have, and then we'll okay, come back and resume this conversation. Okay. Tired of sitting at home restless? Need to exercise? Playing golf is one of the best ways to stay fit, and golf courses are one of the safest places to be. The gorgeous 18-hole Gary Player-designed Cypress Snow Golf Course is open to the public. Enjoy your game in the heart of Palm Coast, surrounded by nine glimmering lakes and plenty of wildlife. Your safe and healthy choice is Cypress Snow Golf, voted the most beautiful course in Flagler County. Call to book your tee time, 437-5807. That's 437-5807. Hi, I'm Oliver North to encourage you to elect Alan Lowe to the Palm Coast City Council. Alan's a 39-year resident, a U.S. patent holder, and a successful businessman. He's an innovator who pursues unique solutions to tough problems. I know he'll work hard to ensure Palm Coast has a diverse business environment and supports good-paying jobs. He's a fiscal conservative who supports tax cuts and won't allow wasteful spending. He'll never seek to defund the sheriff's office and work closely with my friend Rick Staley to ensure Palm Coast continues to be a safe community. Now more than ever, America and Palm Coast need strong conservative leaders like Alan Lowe. If I lived in Palm Coast, I'd vote to put Alan Lowe on the city council. I sure hope you will. Welcome back to the Flagler Trump Republican Assembly Future of Flagler. 
uh, our guest, Will Ferry, and I have been chatting about uh, various things. So, Will, the school grades just came out recently uh, for Flagler, as they did for probably all the counties in, in the state. Uh, some of your thoughts and impressions on that. Yeah, you know, I, I think where our focus really needs to be is, is uh, getting our kids up to uh, grade level reading. Um, you know, I actually um, have personal experience with this. I have a son who struggles with reading and um, he has what's called an IEP, uh, an Individualized Education Program, right? Um, so I think we need to start focusing more on the early learning time where VPK uh, kindergarten and first grade. We really need to train our teachers to help identify some of the challenges that kids are having at uh, that age so we can get on top, get ahead of it, right? And in my case, my my son's uh, first grade teacher, although it was a wonderful teacher, uh, it, I don't think they had the training and didn't know all the resources that were available to him at that time. And so he got a little late to the party on that, but he is doing much better now. So, and I've talked to other um, parents along the campaign trail, and this, this is kind of encompassed in a, in a um, department called the ESC department, and um, a lot of parents have expressed their frustration here because uh, they're, they're not certain that their kids are getting all the accommodations that their, their IEP contract um, uh, affords their child, right? So we need a little more transparency there. You know, some of this has to do with some staffing issues, uh, which we're hoping to improve, uh, you know, over time, you know, that these are just uh, things we're dealing with. Um, but um, the, 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 that's where I think we're gonna see some return on investment as we focus on early learning, bring those scores up. Do you think that we should, uh, in the course of our curriculum, be re-emphasizing? I mean, when I grew up, it was there. Uh, patriotism and, and uh, history, American history, mm -hmm. not just world history or, or comparative cultural history, uh, but some focus on, on what makes America different than all the other nations. Absolutely. Uh, actually, my, my platform uh, is let's get back to basics. You know, math, reading, uh, American history, civics. Uh, I think it's important that uh, kids really understand all our history, right? And, but um, the, it's, it's through our, they need to learn about uh, patriotism, about love of country also, right? This country has provided so many great things. The, the, the very education that they're receiving in our schools is because the great nation that we are. And civics, I think, is very important because uh, kids need to, it seems like there's a new movement here to teach kids that the only way to get things done is through activism, right? And I'm not saying that there isn't a time and a place for activism, but there are, we do have le legislative ways to, to also make change, and we've done that for a long time. And kids need to know how that process works and how our systems of government work, that we, are, we have sovereignty in our states, right? And we have sovereignty at the local level as well. So, uh, you know, we... Uh, need them to know that so that they can get involved and know that not everything just gets handed down from Washington, D.C. Yes, and, and especially so in education because uh, the Federal Department of Education is a relatively new entity through most of the history we existed without it. Uh, and because, yes, the Constitution intended that we would be a republic with independent uh, states that have authority over their actions and not a federal government that just dictated to the 50 states what needs to be done. So 
I noticed that you were endorsed by an organization with the title 1776. Yes. You want to say a little bit sure. about that? Yeah, so uh, the 1776 uh, Project is a group that <clears throat> is identifying um, strong conservative school board candidates throughout the country, right, that will, uh, that will agree to um, push back against uh, critical race theory and any type of indoctrinary type of curriculum. And we had the interview for that on video. Uh, and, and so that we have accountability that, you know, we pledge that we're, we're not going to allow that type of um, uh, influence in our schools. So uh, if, if one goes rogue, they have a video to say we promised otherwise. So uh, and they identified me as the strongest candidate to do that in District 2. That's great. Um, now we're going to get to an area that and are you ready? Uh, I want to just let my wife know. Get ready. Sit back. <laughs> take a chill pill. Uh, I, I have to work this in. So there's a lot of talk about uh, a safety. I've seen it. You've mentioned it in your campaign. Certainly with the school shootings and incidents we've had. Uh, my background is law enforcement. I spent, you're ready, honey, 40 years uh, in law enforcement in uh, up in New York. And... Uh, so I, I have some passing familiarity with uh, more than that, with uh, shootings and and with uh, safety. So uh, talk a little bit about what when you say safety, what it is you mean. Yeah, you know, it, it's just heartbreaking um, that there's some real sick people out there that would go after soft targets like children in school, you know, and as a parent, uh, that's always uh, something on the back of our mind. So every kid needs, to, and every teacher, every everybody that work, uh, that that attends that school needs to to feel safe when they when they go there, right? Um, so um, we're blessed here in Flagler County to have a uh, a uh, school resource officer on on every campus, and uh, really grateful for that. Um, but you know, the, our campuses are large, and th those SROs can't be in every place. At every moment, right? So, um, the one of, one of the solutions that I've uh, been advocating for is the Guardian program, um, and I actually made a point to go meet with Sheriff Staley um, to have a, to to discuss the possibility of this here. And um, the Guardian program, for those who don't know, is uh, it would allow uh, former police officers, um, former veterans, uh, and even teachers to. Be properly trained to be able to uh, to, to carry uh, a concealed weapon on on the um, on campus uh, to assist in the case of an active shooter, right? And um, there's a lot of training that has and certification that has to be uh, done with that, and it's also administered by the sheriff's office, right? So uh, when I talked with Sheriff Staley, uh, he said he could um, he could uh, support that. Um, under certain circumstances, right? And uh, one of the ones that he had laid out to me anyways was that it would be in addition to our existing SROs, not a replacement for it, not, not necessarily like a, a cost-cutting measure or something like that, uh, but, but to add on to that. Right, so here's a couple of statistics that folks might want to consider. Uh, first, why do, as the FBI has defined it, active shooters, active killers, whatever you want to say, what is their attraction for gun-free zones? Uh, well, the attraction is simple. They know when they go there, they can kill 
a maximum amount of people and not worry about any kind of resistance or interference with someone who's armed. Uh, another interesting statistic on this is that uh, most of these shootings occur within five minutes, some less than that, some two to three minutes. So if law enforcement is responding from off the premise or from off the campus, that response is very often, not all the time, but very often too late. The incident, the killing is over by the time the, the law enforcement officers get there. We know the way the, those incidents do end. They end either with the suicide of the person doing the killing, they end with engagement from law enforcement uh, who kill the killer, or they end with resistance from people at the campus who themselves may have arms or at the very least who fight back and, and stop it. So those are the ways you stop killing. It's very important that the school system have a plan, that they have done uh, a threat assessment using law enforcement, that they involve law enforcement, that everybody participates from the janitor up to the principal in developing this plan. And then more importantly, that they drill. They drill for lockdowns, they drill for active shooter events, uh, and they drill uh, with law enforcement. So that when these things occur, not only do people have the ability to know what to do, uh, but they also can find weaknesses and identify problems. So the schools need to be target hardened. They don't have to look like a prison, but they definitely need target hardening. Uh, they need security. As you point out, many of the campuses are large. You have to be able to communicate when an incident is happening. You have to be able to lock down. You have to be able to know where, where what's happening is happening. So all of those things have to be taken into consideration in developing a plan to make sure that our students are safe. I agree. Um, how, how has your reception been as you go out and, and uh, meet the people and, and knocking on doors and probably uh, going to various forums? Yeah, you know, uh, it's been very positive. <clears throat> um, my message has been uh, resonating with the, the, the parents and the, the voters of uh, Flagler County. You know, I stand for parents' rights, curriculum transparency, and an enriched classroom environment. Um, and these are the things that the, the, the voters want for our schools. And um, I believe that we need to improve the, um, the learning environment. Um, you know, and, and I believe we can do that uh, by focusing a little bit on, on mental health when it comes to behavior. I think a lot of kids that are, that are struggling with behavior in there can, can be helped with uh, school therapists. Uh, but everything that, that, that uh, as long as the parents are aware of, uh, of that, it's parent-approved mental health, right? Um, uh, but the, the, the learning environment has to be uh, positive in order for kids to learn and for teachers to teach. Absolutely. And, and again, uh, you want people to feel comfortable, but you, I don't want them to just feel safe. I want them to be safe because yeah. sometimes there's a difference between feeling safe and being actually safe. So it's important as a parent that you know that your school district has done all of the things we've mentioned, has a plan, rehearses the plan, works with law enforcement uh, in order to, to, although these are very low probability events, I understand, and the mentality often is 
Uh, it's not going to happen here. I don't have to worry about it. And yes, they are not high probability events, but if they happen, they are high impact, high tragedy events. Just go to places like uh, uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, uh, you know, Columbine that sort of started it all, uh, Connecticut, anywhere you want to go. Uh, when you have these things, and they are a, a high percentage of them occur in businesses and schools and campuses. So uh, we should be ready for that. Uh, I guess, you know, uh, I, again, I want to remind everybody out there, Monday night, this coming Monday, 6.30, come early at the VFW to get a good seat if you want to see 2,000 mules. That's what we'll be showing. Um, we do meet every third Monday. Uh, we welcome people to come in and check us out. And as Ed would say, get there a little early so you get a seat. And uh, I, again, I hope we are all coming together and praying for our former president, Trump, uh, and this this blatant bullying attempt to, to frighten everyone and to stop conservatives, and particularly President Trump, from running. So with that... I hope you'll tune in when Ed's back uh, on our next podcast. And thank you very much, Will Ferry, thank for you. being our guest. Thank you very Any much. closing remark? Yeah, just um, again, I'm a devoted father, business leader, uh, heart to serve, uh, stand for parents' rights, curriculum transparency, and a rich classroom environment. We're going to get back to basics. We're going to focus on reading, math, civics, American history. We're going to expand our extracurriculars. You know, when I was in high school, I played football, and my coach put me in as a strong guard, and that's what I'm going to be for your kids, as a strong guard, push back against anything that will try and sexualize or indoctrinate them. Thank you, Will Ferry. Thank you, fellow Trumpers. See you next time. The Future of Flagler is sponsored by the Flagler Trump Club. Our meetings are every third Monday, starting at 6.30 p.m. at the Palm Coast VFW. Visit our website, flaglerfortrump.com. That's flagler, the number four, trump.com to learn more. Let's make America great again.